Hey family, this is Josh Eggerson. I want to thank you for tuning in to the Faith Restored podcast. Faith Restored is a local church with a global mission to reach the lost and teach the found. And it's our hope that the word you're about to hear today encourages you, inspires you, and builds your faith. If you'd like to learn more about Faith Restored, you can visit us on our website at faithrestored.church. Now let's go live into this week's message. I want to begin reading 2 Samuel chapter 6. I want to begin reading at verse number 6. I am going to read a few verses of scripture. I'm reading from the New Living Translation, so mine may read just a tad bit differently than yours, all right? Here we go. Let's jump straight into it. Bible says, but when they arrived at the threshing floor of Nacon, the oxen stumbled and Uzzah put out his hand to steady the ark of God. Then the Lord's anger blazed out against Uzzah for doing this. And God struck him dead beside the ark of God. David was angry because the Lord's anger had blazed out against Uzzah. He named that place Perez Uzzah, which means outbreak against Uzzah. It is still called that to this day. David was now afraid of the Lord and asked, how can I bring the ark of the Lord back into my care? So David decided not to move the ark of the Lord into the city of David. Instead, he took it to the home of Obed-Edom of Gath. The, the ark of the Lord remained there with the family of Obed-Edom for three months. And the Lord blessed him and his entire family. Here's where we get good. Then King David was told, the Lord has blessed Obed-Edom and everything he has because the ark of God is there with him. So David went there and brought back the ark to the city of David with a great celebration. Amen. I want to uh, preach for a little while from this subject. I know it's not correct grammar, but I got to get it back. I got to get it back. I got to get it back. I am... I am not uh, old at all, but out of out of the few Super Bowls that I have seen, uh, one of the most exciting Super Bowls was the 2017 Super Bowl, and it was the Atlanta Falcons playing the New England Patriots, and in that Super Bowl, something very very unusual happened. The Atlanta Falcons jump out to a 28-3 lead. And me being a football fan, I am knowing the probability of them winning the game. And I decide that I am going to get in my car from the restaurant and I am going to go home and watch the rest of this game because the excitement had been pulled from me because it seemed as if it was going to be a blowout. And if like many of you who watch football, you remember that Super Bowl. 
And something happens very interesting at this particular game. They talk to Bill Belichick. He goes for his third quarter interview. And he says, Bill, what happened to the Patriots? Why are they losing the game like this? And Bill Belichick says to the announcer, he says, the reason we are losing the game it is because we lost something very valuable that caused us to win all of the other games in the first place. And he said, well, Bill, explain to me what it is that you lost. Did you, there was no players that are injured. All of your coaching staff seems to be healthy. All of your coaches are there. And Bill looks at him and says, well, there is something that we lost that doesn't have a jersey number. There is something that we lost that is not on the sidelines. It is not in the stands. Ladies and gentlemen, there was something that Bill Belichick lost that was not playing on the field. And that is something that you could not see, but you could feel. And Bill Belichick says that we lost the momentum. And he said the momentum had been sucked away from us early in the game. And if we are going to win this game, we have to get back the momentum. I'm here to tell you today that just like the Patriots lost the momentum in this Super Bowl. The church is losing something that you can't see but you can feel. You have to understand that the church itself is losing the very thing that has been causing us to get the victory all of this time that has been healing our bodies, that has been causing us to be blessed. We are losing uh, the fight because we are losing the very thing that is called the presence of God. I'm here to tell you that churches must find the presence of God again. It's okay. I know it's rough right now, but I promise you're going to be able to get with it in a minute. We are losing, yes, sir, the very thing that is causing us to grasp the, the victory. We, we, we come together and we sing without it. We pray without it. We play without it. We come in and we lift our hands and we think singing our favorite song and we think doing all of our antics is going to to save us but I am here to tell you that the power is not in your routine the power is in your relationship and you have to understand that if you are going to get more victories in your life you've got to be like Bill Belichick and say we've got to get back the very thing that we've lost I don't I don't know if you noticed it or not but it is the reason why other places can be packed while the churches are still empty it is because we are losing the very thing that has been given us the victory in the first place. It is the same reason why restaurants are packed. It is the same reason why clubs are still packed. It is the same reason, yes Lord, why strip clubs are still open, why bars are still operating. It is because we have lost the very thing that has been giving us the victory this whole entire time. And if, if I can be honest with you, it is time for you to wake up just like Bill woke up. It's time for the church to say, what happened? What happened to us? Why? are we like this? Why are we bowing down? Why are we doing all of this when the world seems to have the very thing that we seem to be losing? Doing historical on the text. Let's, let's go history here. 
You must understand that when you are looking at the Ark of the Covenant, Candace, it represents the very presence of the Lord. Every time the presence of the Lord is present in battle, they win. <laughs> Every time the Ark was there, there were no battles lost by Israel because they had something that nobody necessarily wasn't keeping their eyes on, but you could feel it. And so David now has defeated uh, the Philistines in chapter 5. And now David has the ark in his possession. You must understand now that David, uh, and, I'm, and I'm moving quick, y'all. I promise we're not going to be long. David uh, has uh, command over all of these soldiers. And he says, listen, I am going to grab 30,000 men to help me carry the ark and I am going to put together my plan on how I am going to transport the ark of God from one place to my place. Now here is where the text uh, gets good to me because the Bible says that they are now carrying the ark and they are in celebration. But something happens that is very strange. The, the oxen that is now carrying the presence of the Lord stumbles. And the man named Uzzah puts his hand on the ark and God kills him. A man named Uzzah puts his hand on the ark and God kills him. You must understand that when you become too comfortable and too familiar with the presence of God, you will touch things that you are not supposed to touch. So he puts his hand in a place that he was not supposed to, Dr. Herman, and it causes God to kill him. Now, the problem that I have with this is David's response to God's presence of what he killed. David becomes angry. And David says, instead of me figuring out what to do, how to successfully get the ark where it needs to be, I am going to make an impulse decision and take the ark somewhere else. This is dangerous because you have to understand that David gives us a lesson that says you don't make important decisions driven by unstable emotions. David makes impulse decisions based on unstable emotions because he goes from being angry now he is afraid <laughs> and he says because you have done this I now have to get this ark out of my hands and I want to suggest to you that you lose things that God gives you whenever you forfeit the blessing of God all for your anger here it is I never want to give up the presence of God for something that the presence of God kills whatever God kills in my life I want it to stay dead because I want to keep the presence of the Lord you have to understand too many times because God's presence kills our pride we'd rather hold on to our pride than to hold on to his presence we'd rather hold on to friends when he kills relationships instead of his presence we would rather hold on to the thing that we want than to the thing that God wants us to have we let the presence of the Lord go because we are angry at what it killed 
you have to understand that David's way of carrying the presence of the Lord was compromised. He carries it, but it's compromised because now you are unsuccessful in getting it to its destination. <laughs> Let me say this. Sometimes the consequences for your compromises are casualties. If you compromise, sometimes those consequences are casualties. And God is saying, I would rather kill something else than to destroy you because I've got plans for you. Now, he takes, and I'm moving fast, he takes the Ark of the Covenant to a man by the name of Obed-Edom. Takes it to this man's house, and the Bible says that it remained in Obed-Edom's house for three months. For three months, Obed-Edom is blessed. Him and his whole house are blessed. Why? Because the Ark of the Covenant is in his possession. <laughs> now, what, what's interesting to me is that when this news gets out, gossipers travel. And they say, hey, David, the thing that you had is now blessing somebody else. You missed it. The thing that you had is now blessing somebody else. Can I, can I tell you that sometimes you have to be careful of the blessing that you let go because what caused you hell can end up being heaven for somebody else and God is saying I'll let your permanent blessing fall into the hands of somebody temporarily not so they can have it permanently so that when you get it back you will know how to treat it. Has anybody ever allowed uh, a job or a relationship or a friendship to escape you over one incident and it turns out that the thing that you let go started blessing somebody else better than it was blessing you all because you let it go and you made an impulse decision to say, I cannot handle what it destroyed. And so David says, now to himself, now we get to the text. He says, I will go to Obed-Edom's house and get it back. I'm closing. I'm done. He goes to Obed-Edom's house, grabs the ark, and says, this time when I get it. Now I know how to treat it. <laughs> now I know how to handle it. And aren't you glad that sometimes God does not take stuff from you permanently? That he allows it to escape you temporarily? So that when it gets back into your hands, you will understand what to do with it. Now, here is where I need praises because the Bible says that David gets this ark back and he takes it with his friends. And he says, every time we take six steps, we're going to make a sacrifice. Every time we take another six steps, we're going to make another sacrifice. One more step. Okay. Two more steps. Three more steps. 
Four more steps, five more steps, six more steps. Sacrifice. Here is the point of this, is that God is saying when I give you something valuable, I do not want an invaluable sacrifice. David carried the ark at first with no sacrifice. But God is saying if I give you a valuable blessing, I want a valuable sacrifice. God is saying if I give you a valuable blessing, I want a valuable praise. God is saying if I give you, I wish you'd get it, God. God is saying, if I give you something of value, I don't want you to give me anything in return. I want something that means something to you because my presence is everything to me. Can you understand that God is saying that he has given you something valuable and we have just been giving him any kind of praise and we have just been giving him any kind of offering and we have just been giving him any old thing and God is saying, that's what you give me for the very Everything that I give you, my presence is priceless. Can I get anybody in here to lift your hands and say, Lord, I'm done giving you stuff that ain't a value of me. I'll give you my money. I'll give you my time. I'll give you everything that I have because you gave me something valuable. It was valuable. Bible says that he is now successful in the second attempt in bringing the ark back to Jerusalem. Here's where it gets good, y'all. I, I, this blessed me. He gets the ark back, and I'm going to paraphrase here. And before he does anything else, <laughs> he celebrates. You missed it. Before he announces that it's back, <laughs> before they fight any more battle, let me celebrate because it's here. But then... When you get back what you lost, there is always a hater that's present. <laughs> the Bible says that his wife looks from the window and watches David dance and watches David praise God. So much so until David comes out of his garments. And she says to him, oh, how undignified is the king. <laughs> and David says, I am going to get even more undignified than this. Can I tell you this? You are always going to have window spectators. Whenever you get back the thing that God uh, caused you to lose and he gives it back to you again, you know that you are always going to have people in your life that are always going to judge, yes, Lord, how you act whenever you get back the thing that you lost. Can I tell you this? See, his wife was not there when Uzzah died. His wife was not there when he grabbed all of those men. His wife was not there when he made the impulse decision to say I've got to take all of this back to Obed-Edom. His wife was not there when he gathered up everything to go back and get the ark. So 
therefore, if you are not there to understand my story, then how can you judge my praise? See, some people are looking at you crazy because they don't know what you lost. They don't know what was taken from you. They don't know all oh, the nights that you stayed up and you cried. They don't know how many times you filled your pillow with tears. They do not know how many times you thought about taking your life because something was taken. Yes, Lord, from you. You, 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 you lost it all. And how many can understand that whenever you lose something valuable, when you get it back, you do not get to tell me how I act. You do not get to tell me how hard I praise. You do not get to tell me how hard I holler because you do not understand what it took for me to get this. This back, I'm done. Come on, Kyrie, I'm done. Uh, my father, my father, he, he loves teaching me lessons. And one day, my dad buys me a bicycle. And I'm riding my bike. And my dad says, come in the house, Michael. Put the bike up, food is ready. I say, okay, dad, in a minute. And he say, son, did you hear me? I said, I did. I said, can I ride one more block? And he said, go ahead. After you get around this block, come back to this house, put this bike up, and come in the house. Your mama done fixed this food. I said, all right. I'll ride around the block. We were not rich at all. So I didn't have a garage to roll my bike into. We had something called a little porch. <laughs> and my dad said, well, son, don't leave the bike on the porch. Put the bike in the backyard. What happens is, is I, in a rush, because I rode too far. I park the bike and I'm hungry and I leave the bike on the porch. Yes, sir. And I go in the house and my mother is saying, your food is ready. And uh, I don't know this, but my dad is looking out the window at the bike. Time rocks on and I go to sleep at night. And I go to school in the morning and then I come back home and I say where is my bike and my daddy says well son I don't know where did you put the bike I said well dad I I I thought I put dad I left the bike on the porch he says son somebody must have stolen Lord have mercy your bike yes sir I got to close I got to get out of here now y'all he said somebody must have stolen your bike and I said well daddy can you give me can you get me another bike and he said son I don't have any more money to keep wasting to give you another bike and so I am outside sad I am outside crying because the thing that I once had in my possession I was careless with and somebody else now has what I love. Lord have mercy. And now my dad lets me go without my bike for a whole week. Until one day, I 
see uh, my friend down the street riding my bicycle and I said hey 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 that's 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 my bike that's uh, that's my bicycle and my dad says hold on son he says wait a minute he says you know why I did this to you he said because when you left that bike on that car porch you showed me that you did not care about the sacrifices that I made to get you that bike I worked to give you the money to get you that bike I I I did all of these things you don't know how much overtime I put in to get you that bike here's where the story gets good y'all and I'm leaving you now then go to my friend and my dad says hey Jeremy give him back the bike and Jay said man your daddy just told me to uh, just ride it a little bit I don't know why he told me to do this and I said hey man give me my bicycle back and what happens is y'all is that I am now riding my bike and it's getting dark and my sister is saying that boy been riding that bike Lord have mercy from 4.30 all the way now to it's almost 7 o'clock and she says, Michael, why are you riding that bike? And I said, Michelle, you don't understand. I've been without my bike for weeks. I've been without my bike for too long. And you don't get to tell me how long I ride my bicycle. You don't get to tell me, yeah, I got to get out of here now. You do not get to tell me how I decide to ride my bicycle. And I got to tell you now that my father, he was so glad to see a smile on my face because I had gotten back the thing that I lost and I want to tell you that you are just like the church is just like me I was careless with the presence of the Lord I was careless with the gifts that he gave me I was careless with all of the benefits that he bestowed upon me and I'm here to tell somebody that you have to get it back everything that you forfeited you've got to get back 2020 took a lot of things from us took a lot of people from us took a lot of joy from us it seems as though the church was just at a standstill but I'm here to tell you you've got to get it back you cannot move until you get what the Lord gave to you is there anybody in this room that can testify with me I lost a little bit of my prayer life. I lost, I lost a little bit of my joy. I lost a little bit of my convictions. But I am saying now that I've got to get it back. Is there anybody here that is saying that I'm going to get this back? Whatever it is that you forfeited in your life. God is saying, go and get it back. If it's joy that you lost, go and get it back. If it's your prayer life that you lost, go and get it back. Everything that you lost, you've got to get it back. Now, I want to tell you this. When you get it back, 
don't you give God a, a cute little praise don't you give him a, a cute little patty cake don't you give him one little song I dare you oh yeah I dare you to open up your mouth and be like David and say now that I have it back I will give you all of the praise and all of the glory I cried but I got it back I suffered but I got it back I prayed and I got it back I lost friends I lost family I lost things that I thought were dear to me all because all because all because I was trying to get it back and now that I've got it back y'all can you show the enemy that I am going to praise him because of what was lost is now found what was lost is now found praise him because God let you get it back is there anybody here is there anybody here that's gonna help me close the sermon and tell your neighbor right under your mask say neighbor I lost some things I lost some things I mishandled some things I took for granted a lot of things but now my eyes are open my attention is in the right place and now I'm going I'm going I'm going to get it back my praise died but I'm gonna get it back my praise died but I'm gonna get it back is there anybody in the room that says Lord I've got to get it back again yeah. come on clap your hands and give him glory